just going to talk and meditate on the Holy Spirit tonight, His ministry. What we're feeling is a season where the Lord is going to be sending us out to preach the gospel. We're going to be experiencing this. The first Sunday uh, that we're going to do this as a community is going to be Sunday the 23rd, so not this Sunday, but the next Sunday. And we did this last year when everything was shutting down and people were staying in. The Lord said, you guys go out. (laughs) It was just counter to everything that was going on. And it was one of the most fun ministry seasons that I've experienced in a long time. It was fun because it was us as a community spurring each other on in the Lord and saying, go out and preach the gospel and let's just see what God does. And you know what? When you give the Lord opportunity to do awesome things, he does awesome things. When you put the gospel on your mouth and you walk up to that person that you feel like the Lord highlighting and you just start the conversation. The Holy Spirit goes, I'm just waiting for that spark to turn that into a flame. I'm waiting for those words. I'm hovering and I'm waiting for the word of God to be spoken. And when it's spoken, I move with creative power. I open hearts. I think of Paul talking to Lydia I I was looking at this verse the other day and it just if I can find the book of Acts it's like the easiest book in the New Testament to find Paul's in Philippi and he's been called there by a vision and he finds a worshiper of God named Lydia she, was a, she wasn't a believer in Jesus, but she believed in the one true God, Yahweh. She didn't know he had a son yet. And it said this in verse 14 of Acts 16. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. And the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized, and her whole household as well, so her whole household comes into faith. It says, she urged us saying, if you judged me faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And Paul says, and she prevailed upon us. (laughs) But that phrase, the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by by Paul. As we present the gospel, the Lord opens hearts. The Lord opens minds and changes minds as to pay attention to what we're saying. And so we're entering into a season to where we're going to be doing this as a community more. Uh, Mike will go into this a little bit more, but it it says, and in the email he just sent, calls us to this but it uh, there's a verse in the Old Testament that says in the springtime kings go out to war and we're just kind of feeling that it is springtime we are ambassadors of the king and God has called us out 
to war to take ground, to take, uh, uh, to take the kingdom by force, as it says in Matthew 11. Territory, that was the word I was looking for, to take new territory. <laughs> Thank you, you're trying to help me. To take something, take it all. And so, in thinking about that, I've been pulled just to the simple, they're simple, but they are deep. The verses of the Holy Spirit in John 14, 15, and 16. Jesus is teaching, and he's doing more than teaching. He's having an intimate conversation with these at this time, these 11 men who had followed him, Judas had, had gone to betray him. And in those precious last hours, he pulls together his friends and his brothers that have put faith in him. He is their God and he's speaking to them with such intimacy. I mean, these three, I mean, all of it is beautiful, but these Four chapters are amazing, 14, 15, 16, and then the prayer of 17. And it was touching me that Jesus wanted to talk about the Holy Spirit. Jesus wanted to talk about his friend, the Holy Spirit, that he had walked with as a man for 33 years. And these verses have been ministering to me and I've been praying them afresh I'm just going to talk to a few of them and then I'm going to give it to Anna to what she's been feeling today about the Holy Spirit but it says this in John 14 verse 16 if you want to turn there with me John 14 verse 16 we'll back up and start in 15 if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. That word another means of the same kind, which meant they had a helper already with them. They had Jesus with them, and Jesus was going to give them another of the same kind helper to be with them. This word helper is the Greek word paraclete. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it, but that's how Marcus pronounces it. <laughs> and it says in 1 John chapter 2 that Jesus is still this paraclete. He's still this helper. The word there is advocate. It's translated helper, comforter, advocate, or counselor. And it says if we sin, we have someone standing at the right hand of God our advocate, our paraclete. So we have a paraclete, a helper at the right hand of God, an intercessor. And that was the intercessor that walked this earth. That was the helper that walked this earth. And, and Jesus says, I'm leaving you and I'm going to give you, I'm going to go be your helper in the throne room and I'm going to give you a helper on the earth. And it says, and it's to your advantage that I go away. That boggled my mind. That makes me go, I don't understand the Holy Spirit the way I need to understand the Holy Spirit. Because I think to my advantage, Jesus by my side leading me. That would have been awesome. He goes, trust me, it's to your advantage. 
that I go away because this whole thing of leading you and you following me, now that's going to happen from the inside. So he says, I'm going to give you another helper to be with you forever. (laughs) Guys, our relationship with the Holy Spirit lasts for eternity. And he is the spirit of truth. Jump to verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. I feel like as we go out and preach the gospel in this next season, Jesus has many things to teach us through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has intelligence. The Holy Spirit has incredible wisdom. He says, Jesus says, he's going to teach you all things. What that means to me is I can talk to the Holy Spirit about everything. (laughs) He wants to teach me how to present the gospel to that person. And then he wants to teach me how to do it to that person. And it's going to be different. And then he's going to show me how to do it in this situation and in that situation. And all we're called to do is talk to the Holy Spirit and say, teach me. Teach me how to do this. I mean, he wants to teach us many things. He wants to teach us about our children. He wants to teach us about the season that we're walking in. But when I, if I have those feelings of fear or intimidation, I love to turn to the Holy Spirit and say, hey, teach me about this. Help me with this. The verse that was touching me was verse 26 of 15. This is 15, 26. It says, but when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father. And I love this. Like the Father sends the helper in verse 14, in, in 14, 25, 26. In 15, 26, Jesus is sending I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit. It's just the Trinity is so alive in these chapters. And it says, He proceeds from the Father. He's the Spirit of truth again. And He will bear witness of me. I love it. Acts 1, He says, Wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit, and then you will be my witnesses. But the only way we're witnesses is because the Holy Spirit bears witness to Jesus through us. Amen? There's no way they were going to be witnesses, and there's no way we're going to be witnesses unless we lean in and press in to the Holy Spirit. Amen? And I just, I'm getting excited because we are going to go into these months and we're going to get to see the Holy Spirit bear witness to Jesus. We're going to get to, it's going to happen through manifestations of healing, through words of knowledge, through a prophetic spirit. It's going to happen in many different ways. I was praying this verse, and this morning I was just thought of you, and I want to pray this over you to a stranger. And that's the very thing he was thinking that morning. That happened to my daughter as we went out last year. We were in the, 
we were in downtown Castle Rock and uh, and my daughter was praying Psalm 9 this specific verse in Psalm 9 and we had struck up this conversation with this lady and she was a believer but she was going through some hard times and uh, and my daughter said can I just pray over you what I prayed this morning <laughs> and she turned to Psalm 9 and prayed over it's the prayer that the lady had prayed that very morning and she was she goes I was praying this same psalm this very morning and she it was to, and after that it was just a lot of fun but the Lord the Holy Spirit wants to bear witness concerning Jesus through us that is the greatest privilege we're so unworthy of this but he makes us worthy amen and then one last thought, and then I'll pass it to Anna. It says this, verse 14 of 16. So chapter 16 now, verse 14. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. It's talking to us. The Holy Spirit's going to take thoughts and words, leadings, emotions from Jesus, power, authority. He will take of what is mine, and he will declare it to you. He will talk to you about it. And in that, through you, he's going to glorify me. I think of how Jesus says in John 17 that, Father, I've glorified you. I've finished the work you've given me to do. And I just had this thought. In the same way Jesus, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, glorified the Father, now he ascends to the Father and we through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, get to bring Jesus glory. The Holy Spirit is the servant of the glory of Jesus in the earth. Just like Jesus was the servant of the glory of the Father when he was on the earth. And it just filled my heart with fresh faith to go through the Gospels and to go, okay, Jesus glorified the Father like that. I get to glorify the Father like that through the Holy Spirit. Jesus taught with authority. I get to teach with authority through the Holy Spirit. Jesus prophesied. I get to prophesy through the power of the Holy Spirit and bring glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Anna, why don't you come up and just encourage us in anything that you have for us tonight. And then Mike is going to finish us off and we're going to pray into this as a community. Yeah, do you guys want to be done? Are you good? All right, all right. Yeah. I was going to have him go the whole time. I asked her if she was fine. She, I can keep going. She gave Whatever me the nod. No, I'm just playing. You're done. Okay. You're okay. fine. Yeah, Paul and Kathy. Are... See, this is what I do behind you. On some... <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I love you. Uh, we'd love to have fun here. JR is over there snickering at Mike. It's great. <laughs> Welcome to the family, everyone. Oh. <laughs> uh, Yes, yes. Wow, I'm so short. This is so tall. Welcome, everyone. I would like to share, as I was uh, praying earlier today, about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. How many of us ever have thought of the Holy Spirit having a ministry? Yes, some of us? Okay, awesome. 
oftentimes I think we think of ourselves having a ministry. We use that language a lot, but I don't think we use that. Holy Spirit has a ministry himself. And so there's many things, so we won't cover all of that tonight. But as I was praying about what does that look like as we're going out this spring and this summer, and even thinking back to last year as Marcus was sharing, going out with our family um, individually, um, there's a few things that came to mind. So when I think of one of the things that is the ministry of the Holy Spirit, it's for the purpose, his ministry is to demonstrate love. Amen? So outside of that, I know this is foundational, um, but the gospel is, it's pure, and it should be understood by a child, right? That's what the word tells us. So if it's not, we're probably maybe not speaking the gospel if it's that complicated, amen? <laughs> so it's to demonstrate the love of God. So if we can be rooted and grounded, again, like Paul says, in that first, then we want to go out in that place of love for people. And so Romans 5 came to mind. I was reading earlier, and it says, and this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. So that is his ministry, to fill our hearts with love so that we can pour out, right, to everyone around us. His heart is so full. And as I was thinking about um, how many of you watched Chosen, didn't you guys watch that last night? Yeah. That came to mind that... Um, when the man was healed after being at the pool of Beth sorry, everyone raise their hand. <laughs> we know this from scripture. As the man was healed after being at the pool of Bethesda for I don't know how long, um, that joy that came on his face, can you see that? Those of you that watched that, I just, I just started crying out to the Lord and asking him, and telling him, Lord, I'm hungry to see that. I'm so hungry to see someone that has not had the use of their legs for pretty much their whole life to be completely healed, to be completely restored, and that joy of the Lord being just bubbling over in him. I want to witness that. I want to be part of that miracle so that Jesus can get the glory, right? And, and these people are all around us. They might not be lame. They might not be um, not unable to walk, but our world is hurting, amen? We're in a dry and thirsty land, and Jesus is the only answer. And when we hold out that word of life, the gospel, the truth, love himself, peace himself, spirit of revelation and wisdom himself, resurrection life himself, that is what happens, that encounter that we have with him, that joy is bubbling over, that love is being poured out, and it, it spills over to everyone around us. And so when we think of going out, getting ready, I think positioning our hearts to know that the Holy Spirit is inside of us and with us knowing that that is one of his main ministries, is to demonstrate the love of God to us and everyone around us. And that compassion, I've just been praying for that compassion to be burned in every single one of us as we go out to know, be aware, and be moved by that compassion that 
the scriptures tell us that Jesus is moved by and heals every person. Amen? Who wants that? I, I hope all of us, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, another thing, Marcus kind of talked about it a little bit, is that another ministry of the Holy Spirit to us is to guide us. So John 16, 3, I think he read, says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. So I love this, that we can move in confidence knowing that we don't have to have all the answers. The Holy Spirit will speak to us and will guide us at every step. When I think back last year, there was one moment, I think Mike told me not to share the story, but I'm going to anyways. <laughs> um, we were downtown Denver, so there's um, many, many, there's hundreds of tents, at least last year. Um, and we approached just on the side of the road. I, I think I had my three kids. My husband was across the street um, because he had seen someone and ran over there with my son. And as we approached... Um, I think they were definitely um, under the influence of something. And as I set down the bags that we were carrying, um, I heard the Holy Spirit say, start praying right now. And, and this is as I'm talking. I, I said, is it okay if I set these down? And immediately as I did that, she pulled the knife. Um, and, and this is understand, understandable because they don't know who we are, right? They don't know why we're there. And they're on the street. They're in a tent. They're living in a tent. So I don't say that to alarm you. But this is what happened. And as I set the bags down, immediately I heard the Lord say, start praying right now. So I set them down and I just started praying. And immediately as I started praying, she put the knife back and she put out her hand and started receiving prayer. And um, she was definitely under the influence of something. And there was another gentleman. But... Um, she started weeping, and I don't know her revelation of Jesus, but she was receiving all the prayer and then started telling us their story and their name and how they ended up there and what they were trying to do. And so the reason that came to mind is that he does guide us. And so being in these vulnerable places where we live in Castle Rock, right, we don't encounter these things very often, but putting ourselves in a position like that to go pursue and have compassion and love and want to be pouring out the love of God that we carry to whoever it is around us, positions us into this place, right, where we can be moved by compassion and see the Lord move. And that wasn't a one-time deal, but we're sowing seeds, amen? And so I don't know what the Lord did in her heart, but I do know that she was moved and that whatever the enemy was trying to do in her heart with fear, it was disarmed immediately by prayer. So we can know in confidence that as we go, that Holy Spirit is guiding us at every step. Another thing is that he speaks to us, right? We know this, Mark 13, 11. I love the New King James Version. So if you'll go there, I'm not sure what translation you have, but I love how they word it. It says, but when they arrest you, he's speaking to the disciples, and deliver you up. I don't think we're getting arrested, right? <laughs> not yet. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but he says, when they arrest you and deliver you up, do not worry beforehand. And this is important. Or premeditate what you will speak. I think a lot of times the Western church, right, we've gotten really good at get, 
putting together scripts. And hey, John, you should say this. I said this the last time. Why don't you try that? And there's nothing wrong with that. But we make formulas. I was um, in, in a Bible study and I said, guys, Jesus didn't write a book. Ever, anyone ever thought of that? Mike, Jesus did not write a book. If he wanted us to have a book, right, he lived the life. He, he demonstrated what is life in the spirit, being dependent on the Holy Spirit. He didn't write us a book to read. So just being dependent and knowing that he's speaking, right? Sorry about that. Um, and, and not premeditate on what you're going to say. So just go out and have fun. I think when I think of going out, I would just say, Buckle up, the adventure awaits, and there's um, just an encounter waiting for you. There's this invitation. And another thing, two more things, and then I'll wrap up, is that he's constantly teaching us, like Marcus shared, um, these opportunities to teach us. 1 John 2.27, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. Amen. We're going to learn as we're going, in the going. Two more things as I end. He, his ministry is to demonstrate God's power. Amen. So we can expect that he is going to demonstrate his power as we go and we obey. I love that one of the differences between Saul and David is that Saul pretty much went on his own, right? He would think up of something good to do and decide for himself, I'm going to go do this. And David always inquired of the Lord. I know it's so simple, but the Lord just wants us to inquire of him. So 1 Corinthians 2, 4, 5. And my speech and my preaching, this is Paul, of course, speaking, were not with persuasive words. So we don't need to worry about what are we going to say, Right? What, how are we going to say it or of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And then lastly, Holy Spirit empowers for witnessing. And uh, Acts 1.8, but you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. This is amplified, to tell people about me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even the ends of the earth. So we have this ministry of reconciliation. And I think one of the things that we disqualify ourselves, uh, as I end here before Mike comes up, is 1 Corinthians 1, 27 and it's so simple. We've heard this before, but God chooses the humble, right? He chooses the things that the world considers foolish. So verse 27, instead God chose the world, what the world, sorry, instead God chose those things that the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful, God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast. So I think humility is so big. Um, know that the Lord is going to move. 
And I think not discounting our children or someone that hasn't, you know, purposely gone out. I think a lot of the times also, it's not just in the going out, but I love that we encourage each other to go out on Sundays, but it's everywhere that we are. A lot of our encounters in our family has just been in our everyday going, in shopping for a prom dress and having an encounter, going to Old Navy and encountering someone um, that was homeless and ministering to them. And the first time that we went out as a staff, we went out to downtown Castle Rock, and this is a fun story. And, you know, I just went up to someone and said, hey, it's a beautiful day, you know, something so simple. And he reciprocated the conversation. Um, and Sarah Proctor that goes to church here, we just asked him, can we pray for you? Is there anything we can pray? And he's like, sure, okay. So he, he didn't say that he needed prayer for anything, but we prayed for him. And then we went across the street, and about, I don't know, five or ten minutes later, he, came, he was kind of coming the other way, and he walked up to us, and he said, I'm so glad that I saw you guys again. I actually do need prayer. My wife of 30-something years is wanting to divorce me. I haven't seen my daughter. Um, and just poured out his heart. And there we were in, in that place from just connecting with him. And sometimes it won't be, you know, it looks so different every single time. But I just want to encourage you that he was a believer, but he needed encouragement. He needed prayer. He needed someone to war with him and, and stand in that place of prayer. And that is what that man's heart needed. And that's what the Holy Spirit did through us and just, you know, really being available and and. A week later, this is so fun, um, he connected him to someone here at the church that is now walking with him and just connecting with him in, in this new life. But he said, I met some ladies from your church, downtown Castle Rock. Um, and now he's connected to someone else in the body. But I think just the encouragement of that we are the church that is going out. This is not normal. I think the church being awakened to this is your calling. This is part of your purpose. This is what you were created to do before the foundations of the earth to move in power and authority. And don't discount the small things. Sometimes, I mean, we've had with our kids um, a spirit of addiction broken off someone, drunken. This man could not, we could not understand what he was saying. And I was with my kids in a kind of back alley with the, in Denver and started praying for him. And he completely got sober, gave his life back to Jesus, has been on the streets for 15 years. His name's Jesse James. I still pray for him every day. And he was weeping, and we could understand completely what he was saying. So from that to just ministering to someone that knew Jesus but was having a really hard time with their family being torn apart. So there is no, it needs to look like this and no formula. So I, I love that we can get comfortable without, there's no formula. And just being obedient in the going, amen, and inquiring of the Lord, knowing that he has a ministry to us and that he lives inside of us. I love what uh, Marcus was saying that, because Jesus made a way for him to come dwell in us because of the cross, we're completely empowered with the Spirit of God. And if we step into these opportunities, he actually has an opportunity to reveal himself to us and to the world around us in a much deeper way. And 
with authority and power and just that saving grace that we carry. And so I just want to encourage us that you have everything that it takes because of the Holy Spirit that lives in you. And some of you don't need to hear that maybe. You're ready to go, but most of the church is still being awakened. So if you're that person that is like, yeah, Anna, you're preaching to the choir, grab someone that isn't there and encourage them and go with them. Amen? Yes? All right. And actually, come on, up, Mike. I wanted to read this <laughs> this uh, song. It's been on my heart since last week, actually. It's called Isaiah 6. And I feel like um, this is a huge part of it, of just saying, here I am, Lord, send me. And these are the lyrics. There are roads that are still untouched that have yet to receive your love. And all creation is crying out for the cross. There are hearts that have yet to see the power of Christ that has set them free. For much a love who have sent your son, for such a love who you have sent your son to save what's lost. So who will go? Now your eyes run to and fro. To find the ones who will rise and go. To any distant, far or wide. To take your heart. With burning hearts, we will take this task. And give our lives for what you asked. The call's gone out. And we must respond to your voice. Oh God, here am I. Send me. Use me for your glory. Oh God, here I am. Send me. Pick me up. Write your story. And we will go till the whole world knows that Jesus is alive. And we will run, burning with your love, with fire in our eyes. So Father, we just make that our confession tonight. We make that our declaration. We ask you, God, to give us those burning hearts. We yield to you, Holy Spirit. We ask you to take, our, take us to deeper levels, Lord. Reveal your power and your authority and your might and your love and your mercy and your grace, God. Over our city, over our state, over our nation. And God, as we cry out for your church to rise up and to say yes, Lord, partnered with your Holy Spirit, we cry out for Israel as well. We ask you, God, to pour out your love and your peace and your mercy over that land and over ours. We ask you to remove the deception, to silence the enemy, to disarm him, we pray and declare victory, Lord. We pray that your love would cast out all the fear and all the deception in Jesus' name. That scales would be removed as we go. We declare, God, that it's harvest time in Jesus' name. We thank you, God, that the, the harvest is ready. The harvest is plenty. God, give us eyes to see those around us. Move us with compassion and love. 
And I just pray, God, that we would leave this place hungrier and thirstier to see your glory manifested, Lord. Your love poured out, your spirit poured out in great measure. I thank you, God, that we're willing to say yes. I pray that any fear would just be completely dissipated. We thank you, God, that there is a spirit of courage and boldness rising in your church like never before. We thank you that darkness is being pushed back. Thank you, Jesus. We say, yes, it is time, it is time, it is time for your church to arise. We thank you in advance for how you're going to move, what you're going to do, the testimony of Jesus, spirit of prophecy being poured out. And your glory just being manifest, Lord, in our cities, in our families, in this nation, all over the world, Lord. We declare that we need you. We need you, Holy Spirit. We need your love poured out. Thank you for your power and authority. Pray that you open our eyes to see what that means for every single one of us, Lord. Thank you for hunger. Thank you for thirst. For more of you, God. May you receive all the glory and honor and praise. And we just declare that this is the time. This is the time in Jesus' name. That the reign of restoration is coming over us. And that those souls that are so hungry and thirsty that they don't know what what they're missing, God, that we will be those ones that say yes to holding out that word of life, that hug, that baptism of the Holy Spirit, the impartation, whatever it might be, Lord. We wait in anticipation. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. want to take a second just wait on the Lord we've got a few more minutes here <clears throat> you just close your eyes and just I feel like the Holy Spirit's just going to move right now I have some things to share I don't know if I'll share them uh I just want to be <laughs> attentive to what the Spirit wants to do right now. Just position your heart right now for in that position to receive. Kind of like when you wake up on Christmas morning as a child and you know that there are presents to be opened.
Set your heart in that mode right now. So Holy Spirit, I thank you that the moment that we say yes to Jesus, you come to live on the inside of us. You say we become a new creation in Christ. It's by your spirit that we become a new creation in Christ. There's something, though, that happens after that. that There's a resting upon us. I've heard it said this way. I think it's really good. Holy Spirit in us is for us. Holy Spirit upon us is for others. The Holy Spirit was in Jesus from the very beginning when he when he landed here on the earth, day one, when he was born, the Holy Spirit came upon him at the age of 30. And he began his ministry. It wasn't his ministry. He, became the, he began the ministry of what the Father had for him to do. And it was by the Spirit resting upon him that he began to be led by the Spirit and moved in the Spirit, moved by the Spirit, and moved in the power of the Spirit. And even as we're being called in this time to to go out to minister, it's in the springtime that kings go to war. And he's been giving giving us this understanding, this mindset, of, of the kingly anointing that we're called to have, which comes out of the priestly anointing, which comes out of that place of intimacy with him. But when we, when we have this intimacy, which is the spirit of God on the inside of us, I see it almost as a in and upon in the way that it's a, that the, in, that, in that priestly anointing, it's the, it's the Holy Spirit in us and strengthening us and equipping us. But then there's a kingly anointing where it rests upon us, where we begin to govern, we begin to rule, we begin to take authority. We understand the authority that we're in under the king of kings. And we were created to rule and reign. We were created to take authority, to have dominion, to rule the earth. We're created to bring his kingdom to the earth, that his kingdom would come, that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he's moving us into a time right now like never before where there is a, and Marcus hit on it right at the beginning, it's Joel 2 and it's Acts 2 and it's this, the Holy Spirit is being poured out like never before. 
Holy Spirit's already been is in us, but there's a pouring out of the Holy Spirit upon us, which is greater authority, it's power, it's love, and it's wisdom. And that wisdom is this is the spiritual understanding of the Father's heart, his plan, his will, what he wants to do on this earth. And as we just come into that alignment, we do the very thing that Jesus did when he was on the earth. And he said, I, and this is after, he said, I'm about my father's business. He said that day one, or what day one, day 12, or year 12. <laughs> but as, as the Holy Spirit rested upon him and he moved in power, he said, I only do what I see the father doing. I speak what I hear the Father say. I believe the Lord just wants to to impart something to us. Even tonight, I just felt like that there was actually a baptism of the Spirit that, that He wanted to do. Uh, and I don't know how or what, in what manner He wants to do this. But I'm going to read, there's a scripture, actually in John 20, Jesus says this. And so, He says, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And then he explains how the Father sent him, and he does it this way. He says, it's with with this he breathed on them, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. The very thing, the very way that the Father sent the Son is is the Holy Spirit. He sent him with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, Now I'm doing this with you. Our leading in our life and everything that we do is to be led by the Spirit. It's the the one thing that we're called to do. Everything else we lay down, our lives are not our own, never intended to be our own. From day one, the Father, when he breathed into Adam in Genesis, it says he breathed life into him. He breathed the Holy Spirit into him so that, that it's by the Spirit that, that we would move, we would live. Everything would come out of the Holy Spirit. Everything that we do would come from movement with the Holy Spirit. And this is where our empowering comes from. This is where our authority comes from. And I know I, I felt like even as, as Marcus and Anna were talking up here, I just felt like that there are some that... That there's almost an anxiety and a and a fear they can come in to go, oh my gosh, <laughs> do I am I going to be going out and uh, I don't know how to do this. I'm not equipped for this. Um, I've never done this before, and uh, and I think that's actually the perfect place to be, is a place of complete dependence upon the Holy Spirit, because the moment we think we know what we're doing, then it becomes our own power and our own abilities and our and we try to almost make things happen and we have no authority in and of ourselves jesus said this and, and marcus was in this as well in, in john 14 in john 16 it says it multiple times but i'll read from john 14 14 it says you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. 
how many of us have asked Jesus for things and he hasn't done it? <laughs> I've, I've struggled with this for a long time because you go, wait a minute, Jesus, you say in your word, ask me for anything in my name and I'll do it. And, and I'm like, well, what does this actually mean? And I don't, I'm going to explain it quickly I, just because of time. I'm not going to go through it in great detail. I'll do that at another point. But, um, but what this is saying, and I can prove it with other scriptures here, but uh, when it says, ask me for anything in my name, that in my name is actually the key to all of that, to, to this. This is where the authority it comes from. And you'll see it's, it's, do I want to go to it? I'll take you to one. Just in John 20, 31, um, I'll show you this here. In 30, it says, uh, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of the disciples, which were not recorded in this book. But these were written that you may, this is verse 31, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. And you can tie this to, it's, it's the Holy Spirit that gives life. It's the Holy Spirit that, that is, gives all life. It's by Christ, through the Holy Spirit, and so when it's, when it's referring to in his name, it's by the Spirit. There's other verses I can prove this with. Um, I'm not going to do it right now just because of time. But it is when we understand and learn how to ask the Father by the name of Jesus, which is in alignment with the Holy Spirit, operating in the Holy Spirit, we have all things, and we tap into something that I don't think we, we understand. Uh, but as we move with the Spirit, instead of with our own mindset, we begin to tap into something so powerful. And, and I'm, I feel like the Lord's had us in this time of, like, we're, we're learning this. We're beginning to understand this. We've seen greater miracles, more things happen in the past year. I've seen more things in, in the last 12 months, crazy, miraculous things of broken ribs, instantly healed, broken hips, instantly healed, broken legs, instantly healed. Um, people that couldn't, couldn't even step, they were wearing crutches and grab their hand and say, Jesus is healing you right now, instantly healed. Um, I've seen more of this in, in one year than I've seen in my entire lifetime. <laughs> and, and it's a, and I don't say this in any way of bragging because I have nothing to do with it other than stepping into a different understanding of how we operate by the Spirit. And that when we step into, step into in a sense, it's a supernatural like mindset that, that we don't operate from a position of the natural. It doesn't matter what I see in the natural I know what's in the supernatural. I know the power of the Holy Spirit, and I know the will of God over those situations. Now, there are times I will say, I've prayed for people, and they are not healed. And, and you go, well, why? 
And I think sometimes we make an assumption that we know uh, that God always wants to heal in every situation at that moment. And I know this is going to kind of mess with theology a little bit uh, or mess with what we, we, we think. Um, and we go, well, God always wants to heal. He does. But he's actually more concerned with other things. He's more concerned with the person's heart than he is with the healing of a body. And there are actually times, I believe, when his position is not to necessarily heal in that because it's going to actually put them in a worse situation than, they're, than they are in currently. Uh, and, and we can't quite, the, the, the intent is not to try to figure that out, but the intent is to actually just to be led by the Spirit and, and walk in step with the Spirit and when there's a prompting in your heart, when there's when I look at someone and it's like, oh, there's there's just a there's something in my spirit that goes, John needs healing right now for this. <laughs> then my job it's not to figure it out or to come up with a great prayer and to try to release something in my power over him. It's just to listen to the spirit. And I, I think even when we pray for people, we come up and it's like, oh, I, I'll feel that prompting that I need to pray for John. And I'll come up and then I'll shift out of the spirit and go, now I know what to do. And I'll go, dear Lord, I pray for John. I pray that you bless him, da 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 And the Holy Spirit's going, that's actually not what I had for him. <laughs> and, uh, and so... We're all in learning, and I feel like it, uh, we were talking about it this morning. Um, God's so gracious to us. He's so kind, and, and it's like, I feel like sometimes we think we have to hit this tiny little target in order to, to do what God wants us to do. And I think he's like, it's this massive, what we were saying this morning, it's this massive target. And he's like, here's the target. <laughs> and then we shoot over there, and he's like, you got it. Good job. <laughs> like, that's what the Lord does, and he's so gracious <laughs> to us. <laughs> and even when we're way off the mark, I feel like he's still just out of his grace. He just, he just comes in. He's like, oh, I'm going to, it's okay. Your, your heart was in the right place. You just were way out of alignment. <laughs> you shot way over there. Now, as we mature, I feel like sometimes that target gets smaller. And it's not because he loves us less. It's because he's like, okay, now I'm, I'm teaching you. I'm training you, and I'm equipping you for the greater things. And so it's like as you think, well, wait a minute. I did this last time, and it worked. Why didn't it work this time? And he's like, yeah, because I'm teaching you things. I'm leading you in my ways so that you understand me more and how to walk in my ways and how to walk by the Spirit. And ultimately, this is what he's, he's, he's trying to get us to that, to that level of just surrendering our own lives and walking by the Spirit. And when we can do that, we will see his kingdom come like we have never experienced before. And this is, I feel like, what he's calling us into in this season. And, it, and so even in this, as I feel like he wants to just kind of baptize us with his spirit, I feel like that there's something he wants to just release into our hearts and just to rest upon us that, that we would truly come to this realization that there is nothing that we can do of our own ability except for resting in him and moving in him. It's the, we're, I was praying through this this morning, Hebrews 4, if you, you can read it at some point, but uh, 
here's another one that'll kind of mess with a few people. There is, God is not, does not intend us to have a day of rest. The Sabbath rest is not a day of rest. <laughs> I'm going to offend a bunch of people here. That's okay. But, but I know people are like, I'm taking my Sabbath rest. I'm taking my Sabbath day. That is a thing of the old. Uh, the, the, what the God is calling us into is a position of constant Sabbath rest. When Jesus rested on, or when Jesus, when the Father rested on the seventh day, he didn't go back to work on the eighth day. It was a final, that was it. And, and sometimes we think, now, in the Old Testament, there was a day of Sabbath rest that was established. But the purpose of it, the, it's, it's kind of like the New Covenant versus the Old Covenant, that, that now we actually have the Holy Spirit in the inside of us. Now, the position of Sabbath rest is constant, 24-7, day and night. We're never supposed to come out of that Sabbath rest. We're supposed to, it, it is a resting in him. When he says when, in Matthew 11, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He's not saying on the seventh day, one day a week, I'll give you rest. It's a constant rest that we actually move, step into. And that place of rest is what we operate out of, being that it's not by our power. It's not by our might but it's by the Spirit. We live and we move and we breathe by the Spirit. And when we come into that place, you will remain in a place of rest. It doesn't mean that, it's, that life isn't hard in a sense. It doesn't mean it's not difficult. Paul went through difficult times. He went through struggles. But when we operate and when we stay in the Spirit, there's a place of motion that we, we're, we're always in motion, I believe. And yet, it's a place of rest when, when we actually are led by the Spirit. Trying to see how else to explain that. It's, it's a... I, I guess if you, if you evaluate your own life and you're looking at... And when anxiety comes up, when fear comes in, it, it says God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That is the place of rest that we remain in. We remain in his power. We remain in his love. And we remain in that understanding of his will, his perfect will. When we step out of that, that's that place of fear. That's that place of anxiety. And we come out of his rest. We begin to now strive for the things in this world. How many of us, and I'll tell you, I haven't, I'm not arrived. <laughs> I am still, I would say, most of the time out of his rest and struggling and striving. And then I'm like, it's those moments of, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. I need to get back into that place of rest. What do you want to do right now? And, and it's, what's amazing is I have seen how he moves in miraculous ways, accomplishes things, in ways that I can't even comprehend, and things get done. Um, whereas when I'm trying to do it my way, one, it's stressful. Uh, I'm overwhelmed with things, and, and it seems like it just it goes at a snail's pace. Have you guys ever been there? <laughs> a few of you. Yep. So 
I, I feel like the Lord, as, even as he just kind of gives us this baptism of his spirit, of his love, of his power, of his wisdom, that we're going to learn how to actually operate out of this place of rest. And so now when we go out, when we go to do something, it's not a striving. It's not, there may be times where you just rest a hand on him and you don't actually say anything. I had this happen about a week and a half ago. I can't remember if it was a Wednesday night or Sunday. But I went back to pray for somebody. And I kept going, well, Lord, what do, you, what, do I, what do you have for him? What do you have for him? And I kept, and I got nothing, nothing, nothing. Finally, I just went up to him. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to put my hand on him. And then you're going to tell me. And I got nothing. All I heard was, just rest your hand on him and let me do the work. And that's all I did. And then he just began to weep and cry because the Holy Spirit had something for him. I didn't know what it was and I didn't need to. I just needed to play my part and then allow the Holy Spirit to do what he wanted to do. And sometimes we get in that mindset of we're going to help God do what he wants to do. Right, John? (laughs) So, um, yeah. So good. Would you guys just put your hand on your heart? I'm just going to close with this. Um, I talked about this a little bit on Sunday. In, in John 6, Jesus talks about how the only way that we can actually have life, it says we have no life in us unless we, we eat of Jesus' flesh and we drink of his blood. He goes on, and that obviously offends, that offends almost everyone. And um, they all leave, the 12 stay. Uh, right after that, there's the, this, the feast. And uh, there, there's this statement that Jesus makes. And it's the, at the end of the feast when everyone's pretty much full. They've all eaten. They've drank everything that they needed. And... Uh, Right at the end of the feast, it it says on the last and the greatest day of the feast, Jesus stands up and he says in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Now, what's funny is probably in, from a, just a physical standpoint, no one was thirsty because they've just been through the feast. It's the last day of the feast. But Jesus said something so powerful here. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. And this is what I believe. This is for each of us right now. That it is that place of if we're willing to come to him and drink. And I know, like, okay, we're believers. We have accepted him. But there are streams of living water that are to flow from within you. This is that overflow of the Holy Spirit that's going to impact others, that's going to touch other lives, and it's going to come through you. When, you. when you look at like a stream of water flowing through, when it's just flowing, it's constant life, it's constant movement, and it's that constant refreshing. And I believe this is what the Lord has for us. Is it's not a trickle. It's actually streams of living water that are to flow from within us. And when we have that flowing through us, this is going to strengthen us. This is going to empower us. 
This is going to give us, this is the Holy Spirit. He, he explains it. Jesus does. He goes, the streams of living water. He goes, by this, he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to, were later, were to later receive. For up until this time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So it was in the death, in the resurrection, and then as Jesus went to the right hand, as he went into the throne room, he was glorified in that time, and he released the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit came not only to live within us, but to be upon us. So as you still have your hands on your hearts, I'm just going to release something. So Father, right now, I thank you that your promises that streams of living water will flow from within our belly. That your Holy Spirit is not only to be within us, but to flow in and through us. So I ask you right now for that baptism of your Holy Spirit. Just as you did with Jesus at the age of 30 when he was baptized. And he comes out of the water and it says the the Spirit descended on him, upon him, like a dove. Right after that, he takes that scroll and he declares the very thing that the Lord is now doing in his life. And he says, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me and has anointed me. Lord, I thank you that there's an anointing tonight. Lord, for every person, as we say yes to you, yes, to everything that you have for us. Lord, I ask that you would rest upon each person here, that your Holy Spirit would rest on everyone, that you would descend upon us, that you would move in and through us like never before. I pray for encounters of your Spirit, even tonight, Lord, as people go to sleep tonight, I pray for encounters of your Holy Spirit. I pray that you would encounter us in ways where we would know your love in a greater way, where we would experience your power, where we would have greater wisdom and understanding, not in our own mind, but by the Spirit, that spirit of wisdom and revelation to know you more, to open the eyes of our heart and our understanding, that we would be enlightened, Lord, I pray for an enlightening. Lord, as you're calling us out in a position as kings, as you're anointing us as kings, as your spirit is coming upon us to now rule and reign, not only just to rest, to be in us as we get to be in your presence, as we get to be with you, but now to move. You say that for us to move as your spirit moves. So I ask you for movement, Lord. I ask you that you would move upon us and that we'd begin to hear your voice very clearly. For those that don't think that they can hear your voice, Lord, I pray that tonight, Lord, that there would be dreams, that there would be visions, that there would be audible voices, Lord, that you would speak to them so clearly that they would know, that they would hear your voice. You see, blessed are those that have eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, I thank you that you are opening our eyesight, spiritual eyesight, that we would see the way you see.
that we would see what you're seeing and move into those things and, and accomplish the very things that you're calling us to accomplish, that we would hear your voice. Blessed are those who hear. Lord, give us ears to hear. Open our ears that we would hear your voice so clearly in this season. I thank you that you're sending us out. I thank you for this opportunity to go, to minister to people, to see your kingdom come. Just as you sent the 12, the very first thing you said is I give them authority. Lord, I thank you that you are releasing your authority, that it's in your name we can ask anything and that it will be done by your spirit. As your spirit is in us and upon us, that as we hear your voice, we can speak those things, declare your truths, and that they come. doesn't matter what we see in the natural that we would see these things accomplished in the supernatural and they would be released in the natural. So, Father, come by your Spirit now. Rest upon us. Thank you, Jesus. says that he sings over us in the night. It says this in the Psalms. I feel like he's going to sing over some of you in the night. You're going to hear the song over your life, who you are. But I pray for identity to be released, position of sonship, who you've called us to be, that we would no longer be as orphans, but we would be in that position of sons, Holy Spirit in us. It says the Holy Spirit testifies who we are. Testifies that who we are, that we are children of God. It's in in, uh, Romans 8. Lord, I thank you that your spirit is going to testify to each one of us that we are children of the Most High that we are heirs of the Father and joint heirs with Christ. Thank you for the authority that we're going to begin to step into, that we're going to see things exactly the way you see them and call them out. We're going to see healings and miracles that you would get the glory in all of this. It's not about what we're doing. It's about what you're doing in and through us. As we walk in humility, complete dependence upon you. So I thank you, Father. I thank you for rest tonight for every person here, for everyone watching online. I ask that you would rest upon us, that we would feel your presence and know your presence and empower us for this season that we're stepping into as we go to war. You say that every place we step, we will take that territory. You will give those, those places to us by your spirit. In Jesus' name.